And we are back with another episode of the Hockey Princess Podcast. I am your host, the Hockey Princess. And I have brought, once again, our favorite member of our guest appearance list, Krusty Old Guy. Hey, everybody. Just a reminder to like and subscribe to the Hockey Princess Podcast on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever platform you listen to or listen to it on. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, want to be on an episode of the Hockey Princess, feel free to send me a message on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok at the Hockey Princess Podcast, or send me an email on thehockeyprincess at gmail.com. Let's get into it for this week. This week has been a lot more fun than last week. Last week, like I said, last week was our last sort of filler. Everything from now sorts to blend into the regular season, and then we get into some actual hockey. So this is the beginning. We have finished through the dead period. Congratulations to everyone that has gone through the dead period and who has listened to my rambling during this slow dead period. Um, Not a ton of news on the NHL side. Casey DeSmith, as of... Right now, when we're filming this, about an hour ago, Casey... We are recording this. We would not be filming it. Sorry. Recording, not filming it. You know what I meant, listeners. Crusty old guy just likes to correct. He does. He's on top of it. Casey DeSmith got traded to the Vancouver Canucks. In return, the Montreal Canadiens pick up Tanner Pearson and a 2025 third-round pick. Jujar Kara, a former Blackhawk signed with the Minnesota Wild for one year, a two-way contract. Now, folks, you're probably asking yourself, what does a two-way contract mean? And up until a couple of hours ago, I really, I thought I knew what two-way contract meant, but I was wrong, as crusty old guy loves to point out. So two-way contract means that you are paid one number if you are in the NHL, but there's a different number that you are paid if you are sent down to the AHL. Correct. Correct. And I don't like to point out when people are wrong. (laughs) I like to educate. (laughs) Education is a beautiful thing. Knowing what you're talking about is always helpful. Now, go on. I thought two-way contract meant that it was like the quick-handed way of saying that somebody was waivers exempt. That is not correct. Uh, Waiver exempt is basically for anybody on their entry-level contract. So anybody who signs an entry-level contract can move up and down. It does not matter. Unless it's like in that first couple of years where the AHL isn't... Right. You're in that age bracket where the AHL isn't a factor that you can go to. You can either do the NHL or you get sent back to juniors or home. Correct. But even those first couple years... um, they like if you get sent back to juniors, your contract basically slides. So, like your guy uh, Sam, Samuel Savoie, the Hockey uh-huh. Princess podcast favorite prospect, aside so, from Connor Bedard, I believe he's still on a sliding contract. Meaning, if he goes back to juniors, which I'm sure he will, his contract won't start till next year. Okay. So, and then everybody else, it's usually a waiver exempt. Meaning they don't have to clear waivers; they can just go down. And do you want to explain clearing waivers? Yeah, basically that means we'll, we'll use uh, Jaja Binks, who's Juja Kara for, And I, I've made a decision at some point in time, Hockey Princess will make a, a little thing of my nickname so you guys can all follow along at home. Yeah. Um, 
But basically, for him, if he gets sent down, he has to clear waivers, meaning from the worst team in the league to the best team, everybody gets a shot if they want to claim his contract. Before going down to the AHL. Before he can be sent down to the AHL. And then if nobody claims, then he goes down to the AHL. Then he goes down just just to the AHL, and that's that. I am under the impression that there's just a one-time claiming process when he is sent down. So I don't think once he's down there, you can't then all of a sudden decide to claim them. I don't think, but I'm not positive. We will bring them back next yeah. week for clarification because I'm also curious. So, and um, the one-way contract is a, is is a better option for people just on the fact, like we discussed, Ian Mitchell signed a one-way contract with Boston. He can still be sent down, but they're going to pay him the, the seven, same amount, the seven seventy-five. Instead of Jujars, is seven seventy five if it's in the NHL, three hundred if he's in the AHL. Big price difference. Yeah, well, I, uh, money's money, you know, yep. and you're only going to play hockey for so long. So if you can get a, you know, as much yeah. as you see these guys making twelve mil, ten mil, you know, for somebody who's a fringe player like an Ian Mitchell, if you have a, if you can make, do a couple of years of making a mil, that's that's huge. Yep. You know, us normal people, it takes us a long time to make a mil. Yeah. So. Some of us will never see a mill. Yeah, you never know. Never know. Life is funny. And last bit of the NHL information. I know we talked a little bit last week about the Babcock drama. Paul Bizanet versus Mike Babcock. Since I have recorded last week's uh, Mike Babcock, who is the former head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, resigned. Um... I think it's his name is Pascal Vicente that will be taking over. We'll say that. We'll go what with it is. that pronunciation. That sounds right. Um, that he will be taking over for Mike Babcock, but he has resigned due to the drama that has unfolded. More stories have come forward of him being just really kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's all kind of weird. Um, I think you talked about it a little bit on one of your last podcast you know where uh boone jenner came out and said listen i just showed him things of my family and stuff like that and then as we discussed in our pre-game meeting at you know uh rice and bread for dinner which we're a big fan of rice and bread rice and bread if you're by wrigley field we suggest rice and bread um you know it's one thing for a seasoned veteran who is just gonna hold on to their phone and do something but if you're a 19 or 20 year old kid and your coach asks you <coughs> to give the phone so he can look through your pictures, that right there is bad. Okay, because you know as we talked about a little bit, if I'm a 19 or 20 year old kid, there's certain pictures probably on there that I don't want people seeing. Especially, crusty old head coach. Crusty old who head has coach. History of being a little weird and a little bit. Not a great person to his players. Exactly. Uh, if you're just a young kid, you know, you might be with some girl, and she might be more than okay with you taking certain photographs of her, and they're on your phone. They're not to be shared with a 50-year-old head coach. Um, I think that's where the line got kind of crossed. It's one thing where a seasoned veteran will stick up to him. It's another thing where if you're a scared kid... We can automatically just talk for a second about Kyle Beach as a scared kid. 
it's that kind of stuff where you don't know what to do. <clears throat> Nobody should be looking through your phone like that. No. You know, and I've heard that he grabbed a couple phones. I'm sure there'll be more things out. Um, you know, it's it's probably better off for the NHL that he's not coaching anyways. He's past his time, and he's, at the end of the day, he's an asshat. So, I, I thought I'm going to hold a grudge against him a li- just regarding, I mean, the Mitch Marner situation in itself. Yeah. Was not okay, and so really after that, he's just he's he's not a good guy. Yeah, he's he's just not. So we'll leave it at that. Yep. I I know you had big problem with you know Biz Nasty breaking the story, and again. I didn't have a problem <clears throat> breaking the story. There were the story got broken. A lot of people went after Biz, um, and Biz you know got pretty defensive. There were some tweets that he tweeted out sort of insinuating um, some really bad stuff that he was going to do to people in very graphic detail, and that's what I have a problem with. Yeah, and again... I don't... That is so too far that you're... Even though you broke this story, you still don't come out looking like 100% a good guy because of things... That you then choose to say after the fact and just going... I understand going after Babcock, but I saw those tweets and I just... They, they were awful. And again, what do you expect from a guy who's, you know, trying to self-promote himself from a Janet Jackson song? That should explain everything, yeah. you know, and I saw a couple tweets back, and, you know, to understand who you're dealing with. Hendrik Lundqvist has more points in the NHL <laughs> than, you know, the little uh, Janet Jackson guy. Um, yeah. That's his character. He has to be a meathead. So it was a meathead on meathead, which is just, you know, a little bit entertaining but sad. So yeah. we can be done with that. Bad yep. cop won't get another job, and that's probably for the better. Yep. That was. I just wanted to finish up that drama because we talked about it a little bit last week. And with the resignation, I thought it was notable to note. And now we're going to be done. Yeah, and I'll apologize to the listeners. We might have a tiny bit of background noise on this episode. Um, crusty old guy wanted a cigar, so we uh, we walked down to the lakefront, so you might hear a little rumbling of Lakeshore Drive. But um, I wasn't allowed to have a cigar in, you know, Hockey Princess's place, so... I wanted to go outside while I can still have a cigar. So yep. my apologies. Carry on. All right. So that's pretty much it for the NHL front, just because aside from Meathead versus Meathead, that's been the sole entertaining story of the past week in the world of the NHL. Because I feel like most teams, aside from that, are now just getting into the same position where the Hawks are. You know, it's prospect camp. It's the beginning of training camp. Let's go. Hockey sweater season is back. Yes, it is go time. It is a wonderful time of year. Yeah. The only thing that's more wonderful is playoff time. Exactly. And we'll get to that in a couple years, hopefully. Absolutely. So, Hawks, just a little bit of recap. They had a couple of practices. I know last episode aired on, like, the second day of practices that they had. They had a couple of practices. They played two games up in Minnesota. So we're going to recap just a little bit of that. Um, And 
first off, but also do you want to speak on... Well, well, okay, let's backtrack NHL before we get to the Blackhawks. Do you want to speak a little bit about Denton? <laughs> yeah, I guess I can. <laughs> I guess I can. Also, I, mean, I made sure I put it in my notes with stars. Um, while uh, the whole Babcock situation was going on, um, Columbus's prospects were playing in the Traverse City prospect thing, which the Hawks used to do up until like three years ago. It's about six teams. I think they played Detroit and somebody else. And uh, when Krusty Old Guy is on, he'll always, you know, depending on who the the Hawks have drafted, there's usually somebody else that I wanted. A Dawson Mercer. A Dawson Mercer. I'll always compare Reichel to Dawson Mercer. Okay, uh, Renzel. I'll always compare Renzel to Owen Beck. You had an opportunity to get a nice centerman called Owen Beck. You know, I need to see in five years who's ahead. Then I know if it was a good move or not. It gives me a little game to play. Um, I know we got Korczynski. It might end up being a phenomenal Norris Trophy player even. Uh, The kid I wanted was a guy named Denton Marinuk. Matichek? Matichek. Thank you for always pronouncing the names for me, Hockey Princess. And number one, this will just put into perspective for... For people who are new with hockey, when you start to see these prospect games, preseason, and I'll go as far as the first 10 games of the season, don't get too overjoyed. We saw it last year when all of a sudden the, everybody thought the Hawks were a good team because they started out well in the first 10 games. We lost every game of, tr- of preseason. Right, but we went like four and five in the first 10 games yeah. of the regular season. Um, it's not a finished product for most of these teams. Everybody's kind of going through the motions. By game 10 to 15, everybody's geared up and playing NHL hockey. You think by the end of October? Yeah, so don't go crazy over what you see like in a prospect game or preseason and go, oh my God, this guy's the shit. But getting back to my guy Denton, um, he was given a C for Traverse City. So he, he was captain of the Columbus prospect team. Um, they lost their first game 7-4, to four, and he was still a plus 3. In their second game, he had 5 assists. The kid is going to be a superstar, I believe. I'm only bringing it up because, as I said, I like to be on record saying, I wanted this guy. We're going we're gonna to see how it all plays out. As long as Core is a darn good player, it, I don't care. I'm yeah. 100% behind Core because he's a Blackhawk now. But I like bringing those little things up. So that's my little Denton. Denton, yeah. I, I also think, yes, to agree with crusty old guy, don't get too excited. But I also think for those that are new to hockey, training camp in preseason is the best way to get into the sport and to pick a guy that is newer, that is still going to be a couple of years away, and just pick him and just keep tabs, watch him grow. Because that is fun to have picked a guy you know, you, you saw him at the draft, and three years later, he's on the starting lineup for the Hawks. Oh, heck yeah. It's, it, it's a phenomenal way, and especially where the Hawks are right now. I mean, you're, you're looking at kids. I mean, most of the chatter we still have is about the kids. Yeah. It's not about the NHL roster. Again, once the season starts, I yeah. focus on the NHL roster for that, for the most part. But we'll still be talking about the kids because... 
I think that's going to be the future. The rust is going to be pretty pretty bleak. I think even ones that like you know you pick a guy, and even when they're no longer a Blackhawk, it's still cool to watch them. Like your Brandon Hagel. Yes. He was at training camp, and you can see like just how great he's gotten from first day at training camp to his first NHL game, which. Fun fact was the last game of the NHL before they shut down because of COVID. And now he's a Tampa Bay Lightning, but he's a superstar on Tampa. So it's cool to just be able to get into training camp and preseason, see those guys, and just watch their journey throughout. It's very much a long game journey, but it's super fun. But okay, let's get back to the Hawks. Okay. <laughs> so we had a couple of practices. We had a couple of games. Like I said last week, Jackson Stauber was practicing with them before they went up to Minnesota, but he did not make the trip up to Minnesota. It was Weeks and our boy Drew Camesso. Camesso played the first game. Weeks played the second game. I love Drew Camesso. I thought he did great on the first game. I wish I knew he wasn't going to get both starts, but I wish... Yeah, there's no reason to give them both starts. Uh, Drew played like, you know, there wasn't a ton of high-quality stops he had to make. I'll let everybody know right now. I only watched game one. I'm a little bit behind. Crusty old guy's been traveling, and I I head back to Europe Thursday, so I'm in, I'm out. I'm not on top of my game. But the comparisons for Drew, besides the constant chatter right now of how he's going and doing Vasilevsky's workout program. He's doing Vasilevsky's yoga. He practiced with Jeremy Swayman every day in the off-season. And Johnny Oduya has taught everybody how to breathe. And it's just, it's unbelievable that, you know, none of these kids knew how to breathe until they met Johnny Oduya. And they're hoping to all grow the Johnny Oduya beard now, too. You know what? It is an excellent beard. Yes, it is. It is an excellent Um, beard. But I go with Drew, the the person he reminds me of is Crow. Who, there's a nice little picture of Crow out at Riot Fest. With With uh, Darling! With Darling. Uh, Crow's still looking great. But, um, you know, Drew's the same kind. He's a mechanical goaltender. He positions himself. So his name of the game is, I don't make spectacular saves because I'm in the right spot. He looked very good. Very good side to side. It's all effortless. Uh, we're hoping for great things, so that's just my little take on Drew. Love Drew. I know you love Drew. I do love Drew, because Drew was definitely one of those guys that I've been watching for a bit. You know, he's done with he's yeah, done with college. He's here. I'm excited. Yeah, and um, you know, when Drew was drafted, it was uh the big talk was you know, you you should have went for the Kosa guy first. I believe Detroit did grab the Kosa guy first, and he has struggled. Halfway deep, he's struggled, struggled pretty bad. So, you know, again, the draft is a weird thing, but uh, Drew looks to be nicely on a good path. Yeah, big, big fan of Drew. I think the next one is probably the most obvious one, but we've got to say it just because we are a Blackhawk podcast primarily. Gosh, that 98 kid. It's just so good and just so cool to watch. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, it's the obvious thing, but you still got to say it. Yeah, I don't know um, how crusty uh, old guy handles that in podcasts and everything because 
you know, you could just sit there and talk about him the whole time. Do you dictate that he gets like a half hour each show because he's going to be that good? Anybody who watched the games, I only, as I said, I only watched game one, but all we heard was he that play shot. Game two. All we heard about was the shot. And while it was on full display in that game, I believe two of those three goals, the goaltender barely moved. And I think even an NHL goaltender might move a little bit, but ain't getting that stuff that goes cross ice, top corner. It's just, the shooting is unbelievable. Um, There's been a little talk about uh, Connor and, you know, how he very straight with his answers, doesn't want to give anything out or whatever else. But I'd like you guys to go back and watch those three goals. And he gives you a little show after each goal. Yeah. His great putting away the sword after his first goal was phenomenal. A stick flip, and then he puts away the sword. Those are the things that tell you that kid's got plenty of personality. You're really going to enjoy it. I think he gave a little uh, little thing for the kids after the second goal. The I, I could ooze about him forever. I think we already know what he is is and going to be, and we're going to enjoy the ride. But yeah, he he didn't, you know, he waited a period and a half before his coming out party, and then you saw that shot, which is just incredible. And like you know, hockey like princess that second was, goal. Yeah, hockey princess talks about that second goal, how he basically maneuvered and got his shot. I mean, he can he he doesn't need anybody to get him the shot. No. He can get other people the shot. And he can create his own shot. Right, he can create his own shot. He had a couple nice cross-ice passes, just like 88 used to do. So, you know, he's... We could go on and on. It's kind of bedard. But I just felt like we needed to talk about it because we can't, you know, talk about the Blackhawks, but we also can't talk about the weekend without Connor Bedard. For those who did not watch, Connor Bedard did only play the first game. He did not play the second. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah. He doesn't need to play the second. It's Connor Bedard. Yeah. And the other little tidbit that was brought up about this little tourney between St. Louis and Minnesota. Everybody who played the second game of a back-to-back lost their second game. So, yeah. you know, these kids had to play two nights in a row. And you could tell there wasn't the same jump in the second day, which is to be expected. You're just rounding yourself into either junior shape or AHL shape. Yeah. So. Um, big takeaways, I think, for me in terms of the first and a bit of the second game is I really, personally, I really liked the Bedard, Doc, and Lardis. That is Lardass for the people who are listening. His in name is Lardis. When I'm on this show, it's Lardass. I hope hope he doesn't understand that's all in good jest, but that's just too easy for for an old guy like me who's not very funny. But I really but go like on. I like the forward pairings. Uh-huh. Continue. Okay, I'm continuing. Sorry, we had to stop for a second because I had to re-up my parking. Um, where was I? Doc Bedard Lard Lardass oh, yes. pairing. Lard- yes. Yeah, I like that. Um I think I've said before on this show, I um I really like Doc being somewhere around uh, Connor. Um, yeah. He's what I'm looking for is he's not going to let anybody take a lot of liberties. He'll stick his face in there. Um, you know, I thought he was 
okay, pretty decent in the game. I'm drawing most of my comparisons from watching him in, in the Seattle playoffs. Um, he's a not a badass tough guy, but he is tough enough, and he gets you the game. You don't want to cross him. Right. He's he's going to do things for his team. He's the guy who's going to step up for his team. He's the guy, his crusty old guy, loves anybody. He's going to drag the team into a fight. And I love players that drag some the team into the fight. Because when guys are just skating around not doing much, he's going to do something that's going to energize everybody just for the simple fact of, oh, my God, there goes Doc acting like an idiot again. I better step up my game because these guys are going to come back at me. That's what I mean by bringing him into a fight. But, yeah, I I think he might have a chance to be somewhere with Connor. So I, I like that part of the— he goes to Rockford— most definitely for next year. And Lardis has some skill, man. Lardis is good. Yeah, he has some skill. We'll we'll see where it all pans out. But yeah, I liked what I saw. I I, I like that line combination. You know, um, there's talk about that fourth line. You know, Jesus, you had nothing but giants on the fourth line. I mean, everybody was at least six two, two hundred pounds. It was pretty hilarious. So, um, and for me, the other Remind line. Remind me co- the fourth line. The fourth line was, who were the big honkers? Well, Lodwinski, but I no, know no, Lodwinski was third. No, Lodwinski was on the third line. We can get to that, too, where I love the pairing always of Lodwinski and your guy. I have. <laughs> we'll get to him in a second. I have a feeling, you know, that is, that is something that you look for from your third line where they both can skate. Lodwinski is unbelievably fast, and they both don't mind being jerks. Okay, but let's go to the fourth line because I want to talk about my guy first. Okay, well, we can just go straight to the third line because I can't remember all the big honkers on the fourth line. Ludwinski, solid. I, and the wheels, and for those who are new to the podcast, Chris, the old guy, when he says my guy, he means our favorite and the guy that I am so excited to see on Thursday, Samuel Savoy. Um... I think Savoy and Ludwinski also played. They were also paired together last year, too. Yes. They were at um, Prospect Camp when we they did a couple things, yes. But they and also went, in, they, yeah, against the Minnesota teams. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, um, that's, that's a little, that was a little tidbit into the future, which could be, as I said, a phenomenal third-line pairing. Um, well, it's got to it's got to be good, especially right now, for KD to be able to see that already you have two prospects that work incredibly well together. They might not be NHL caliber ready right now, which is fine because they're babies, and not everybody needs to be Connor Bedard. But it still speaks well that they've got that chemistry right. and work well together. Yes, right off the bat. And there probably won't be any room in the top two lines. Um, you know, for those new, you know, uh, anybody playing college is not going to be at camp. So, you know, you got your NASCAR who's not going to be there. Renzel. Renzel and Moore. And NASCAR and Moore are projected to be your second-line people. Yeah. Maybe even first-line. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Um, for me, uh, you know, I always concentrate a little bit more on the defensive players. Kaiser, I thought in game one, uh, he was definitely the most noticeable player. He transitions very well from D to O, just taking the puck himself. Which um, we need. D- 
which we need. Um, didn't see a lot of, you know, great springing outlet passes. So I don't know if that's part of his game or if he just puts his head down and moves the puck. You know, we'll see more of that in Rockford if he's also got that good outlet pass. Um, the other person is, you know, you've got Kaiser who was unbelievably noticeable and for a defenseman to not be noticed at all unless you're actually looking for him is a good thing, and that is Nolan Allen. Love Nolan Allen. Nolan Allen just keeps on impressing me more and more. If I, I did it a little bit watching game one where I just watch him. He's in the right spot all the time. He's doing always the right thing. So if you're not keeping just an eye on him, it looks like you you don't even notice him, which is a great thing. I thought Nolan Allen. I love the fight from Allen. So Allen's- I haven't seen that yet. It's up on the boards for uh, to be shown. I'll probably watch it tonight. I'm hoping to watch the second game tonight. But again, it's just one of the many things he does for you. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of that in Rockford this year. Um, the other defenseman, I thought Creature didn't look nearly as bad as he looked in Rockford at times. I thought Creature played a really good game. Um, I agree that I think he looked better than he did in Rockford. For those who don't know, we're speaking of Logan Crevier, um, or as I like to call him, the Creature. I think the creature looked better now. However, I think there were defensemen that were far more noticeable okay. than he was in terms of performance. I'm watching Nolan Allen more than I'm watching Creature. Yes. I'm yes. watching EDM more than I'm watching Creature. Yes. It wasn't bad, but he's not the guy that I'm watching. Exactly. I was just, um, from what I had seen in Rockford, I mean, he had some good games in it. He seemed also, to not to be know. Fair, Rockford was bad. Yes, but he seemed to not be sure where it was. He seemed to know where he needed to be and everything a lot better. Again, it's it's way early on. He'll get another year in Rockford, but I, I liked what I saw at a game one from him. So, you know, it was a very entertaining game, a five zip win. You know, I we'll thought EDM that. looked solid too. Yeah, I mean, we all like EDM. Um, Ethan Demastro. He's he's. He's going to be part of that core, yeah, uh, defensive core that really can do some damage and uh, and hold leads and do the right thing. So yeah, it was the other was one nice. that I was impressed with, and I don't see a ton of pe- like I see a little bit of people talking about him was Missyak. Yeah, you've been on the Missyak train. You're telling me so. I just I liked it. It wasn't you know. You know, top tier, oh my God. But I was like, wow, I'm solidly impressed by this performance. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it also helped that he was consistently out on the ice with either Lardis, Bedard, Doc, Allen. Like, they was definitely in that rotation. Yeah, and that'll be helpful. I mean, everybody's going to look pretty good but next to 98. Um, but again, they, they all can skate. Yeah. You know, it, it's a long road. We don't know what any of these guys are going to look like in two or three years. We're hoping that it all looks sweet. It's not going to with all of them. But, you know, this is the fun part, and we'll see. So that's about all I got on game one. And as I said, I didn't, you know, fire me. I didn't watch game two. Yeah. I think the other one, and that I'm very 
my last one that I'm excited to watch this upcoming week at practices in the beginning of preseason as well just because I haven't watched a ton of footage on him from when he was in ND is Rolston. Yeah. Yeah, he's another wild card. I like wild cards, though. I collect them. Um, <laughs> you know, and again, he's he's going to get his playing time in Rockford. Rockford's going to be an interesting team to watch. And they're going to have the eye of the organization on them. Were these kids going back to juniors? Organization, as much as they'll tell you they're paying a lot of attention, probably are not going to. I feel like... I don't want to say that that's okay, but I feel like that, but that is partially okay because I feel like the ones that are being sent to juniors, KD and his team are confident that, you know, no matter what happened, they need another year at at least. Yeah. Like they need to go back. So whatever playing that they're going to get, like if core goes back to Seattle, he's getting more minutes because I assume Allen goes to Rockford. So I feel like if when KD, if he chooses to send Core back to Seattle, he's confident that, you know, Core is going to be expected to do more just being in Seattle as is without having to monitor him as tightly. And same with Savoie. And I also feel confident that Savoie knows what to do because, you know, he came into the off-ice prospect camp listing off to the media the things that he needs to work on. He's a self-aware man. That's yeah. why we love him here. Yeah, he knows part of it, and then he still went out and took penalties. But again, you know, he also it's got... It's part s- of his charm. It is part of his charm. Uh, we could t- I don't know if you want to talk about the core situation a little bit or not. Sure. Um, basically, from what I'm hearing, is most of the chatter is, is he's going to make the team out of camp I think the somewhat game plan right now is for him to play until the World Juniors, go to the World Juniors, and then go back to Seattle. Which is interesting because I've heard differently. What have you heard? I've heard that, you know, Katie and the team has a certain expectation of what they need to see out of core come this these practices, this preseason, and if he doesn't meet that expectation of what they need to see then they have no problem sending him back to Seattle and they don't and it doesn't mean anything on him but it's you know, no, they I, need a certain level if he's not at that certain level then they're not bringing him up just for the sake of bringing him up yeah and I, I'm sure they've had discussions with them to make sure that he understands hey this means nothing in our overall scheme of what we plan to do with you because he could be an unbelievably special piece. Yeah. Um, you know, I question some of his defensive capabilities. But also in game one, he was killing penalties. He looked a little better defensively. Still not the greatest. But his ability to take the puck from anywhere and skate all the way up ice is impressive. It's it's just like Brian Campbell. Um, he, he has more than enough speed. And he... The defense will get there. It definitely will. And I also believe, and I was talking with somebody about this, especially regarding Carlson, you know, it's okay to be an offensive defenseman. 
and be highly skilled in that department. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you can be magical in that department and still be a great defenseman. It's also the job of the team to, you know, you've got to be with a line mate that balances it out. You can't have, as long as you don't have two offensive defensemen going out at the same time, you need somebody else on the ice that's able to balance you. Oh, oh, no, no doubt, no doubt about it. Um, You know, but ideally, if you like a little bit more defense. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, If you're not worried about having him out there in the last five minutes, of a tie game or even a game when you're up by one, then I then I th- then I think you've struck gold. But as for long me. as you're not, and I think he's got a little ways to go with that. But he's got time. He's a baby, yeah. and again, we've all stated he These looks are like a kids. Yes, he looks like a hell of a lot more man this year, but still, he's just a baby. So that's a little bit of the core thing. We'll see how that plays out, but. For anybody who's new or whatever else, if Core at some point in time gets sent to Seattle, it doesn't mean bust, wasted pick, or anything like it, that. It doesn't mean like when Shane this, Wright got sent down to juniors. No. And then it was that was pretty much it. This is a process, and the process is where they want him to be in three years. And the best way to get him to where they want him to be in three years, that's the name of the game with this kid. Because he could be a difference maker. Okay, I'm coming around to core. You know, I'm trying to really pump up well, the core. <laughs> well, and I also think, you know, KD very much put out the fluff piece a while back of, you know, their focus on developing. Yes. You send core back to Seattle for one more year. You're getting me to believe that you actually prioritize not rushing your prospects. Right. And again... Uh, and that, and I think that would be huge. The NHL's a big boy league, man. And if you think he's going to be overwhelmed getting whacked around by some of these guys as he's going back to get the puck, then you take it a little slow with him. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing right. wrong with that. No. So, okay, I think we've talked about core more than long enough. That's okay. We really didn't talk about him a ton over the summer. We did not. Uh, also, I would just like to drop the little hint thing, uh, or little tad bit of info on game one, because I told this to Krusty Old Guy, with Savoie's great hit on the St. Louis guy. They are, f- fun fact, um, he hit Zach Dean, who is a St. Louis Blues prospect, and they're buddies. They're, Zach Dean is one of the top guys for the Gatineau Olympics right now. I believe he is also going back to Gatineau yeah. for this season as well. Um, but they're buddies. They're yeah. buddies. And He's also a really fun guy to watch. And as uh, Hockey Princess pointed out to me, you know, about how Savoie was able to get a two-minute penalty on the St. Louis people, you know, you pointed out nicely that, you know, that's also Zach Dean going back and, you know, explaining to Savoie that, you know, Hey, I score the points for us when we go back, so, you know, better take it easy. That's that's two, basically, friends who are going to play hard. Yeah. So, boy's always going to play hard, and Dean is going to be the same way, but it's just, you know, it's a little prospect game. I got nothing wrong. I got no problem with the guy skating back there and giving, you know, his teammate a shot either. So, you know, don't read too much into no. it, but Savoy is going to be that type of player where he's going to take penalties but he's going to get you penalties so we just love Savoy over here yeah and I guess I don't know if you want to talk any bit about game two 
I don't game, game two, I think there wasn't as much. I mean, one, because Bedard didn't play. Two, Weeks played instead of Camasso, and I just wasn't. Yeah. Even though Camasso didn't have a lot of opportunities to showcase his talent, I feel like watching the two <laughs> side by side, you can still pinpoint the strengths and weaknesses of each goaltender, and I just prefer Camasso's way. I feel like he's a little bit more mechanical, whereas I feel like Weeks was giving me just a sliver bit of a Kevin Lankinen show, and now that I've seen Drew Camasso, I don't want to go back to a little bit of a Lankinen show. Right, and I would assume Weeks, you know, goes back and he plays in Indy, so... You know, he'll get time there, and we'll, we'll see what he can become of himself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so the next thing that's happening is uh, camp starts. Camp starts on Thursday. So camp starts on Thursday. Unfortunately, crusty old guy flies to London on Thursday, so I'm going to miss some preseason games, some of the practice stuff. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that uh, people keep me somewhat informed. I'll tape the preseason games. I'll watch them when I get home. Or, you know, maybe late night having a cigar, I'll watch one of the games. But, um, you know, this is camp time now. So camp, so there are practices. This is all, this can all be found on the Blackhawk website. Um, camp practices are typically at like 9 in the morning-ish. There's one at 8 o'clock in the morning that I'm going to that is so early. Um, but it's at the Fifth Third Ice Arena, which is their practice facility. It's a couple-ish blocks away. It's in the realm of the United Center in terms of West Loop. Um, They are free, but you do need a ticket just because they predict, you know, more people than, you know, just me and Krusty Old Guy will be there. So, but it is free preseason games. There's three away games, three home games. Your home games are going to be September 28th against the St. Louis Blues, October 3rd against the Detroit Dead Wings, and October 5th against the Minnesota Wild. I will be at all of these games. I will be at the September 21st, 22nd, 28th, 29th, and October 5th and 6th practices um, for anybody if you choose to go. And, you know, you see a crazy person with a lot of hockey friendship bracelets to make friends with writing a lot of notes in a notebook. That's me. Um, come say hi. I don't bite. I, I love hockey friends. Uh, and it would also, you know, make me believe that more than just two listeners tune into this podcast. Gosh, we hope so. But we're on the early stages, you know. This will take off maybe someday. The season has just begun. But, you know, if you have an opportunity to get out to a practice, it's it's also a good way to bring, you know, younger kids. They can get an up-close look at, you know, at hockey players. And the the kids kind of dig that. I'm a big believer in, you know, we got to start the youth off early and show them the game. It's the best game to watch live, so, um, you know, they can get a close-up view of everything. And also, you know, you can get a little closer, you know, if you've got a tiny tot to bring to the preseason games. They don't matter much. That way, if the tiny tot gets bored after two periods, you can just bolt. Yep. So. It was never me. um, As far as the team, I don't know if you want to get into this at all. Um, Not really. I think I more get into that next week once there's a couple of practices in um okay especially because next will be 
it'll drop right before the first preseason game. So we'll have a couple of practices in. Also, because we're at about 43 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll give my little tidbit yeah. that you discussed with me a little bit in our pregame meeting at Rice and Bread. Yep. Love Rice um, and Bread. You know, there's not going to be a lot of um, roster spots up for grabs. Um, the two people that have been with the organization for a little bit will be fighting for a spot. Will be, you know, Mac and... Uh, Reese Johnson. And Reese Johnson. You know, they're, it's going to be iffy if they can make the squad with the addition of some other veterans that were signed and the veterans that are still here. Um, Maybe something great will happen and Corey Perry will get hurt and then Mac can play. Yeah, that would be great because I have no desire to see that guy out there. I just say let him practice and don't play him. Give him his four mil. But that's we don't need to discuss that. Um, but so, you know, there's not a lot out there, so I don't think there'll be a lot of difference being made during practice if, if you're going to make the team or a lot. Uh, those guys, one of those two, they'd have to shock the – they'd have to shock Luke to go, oh, shit. This guy, this guy's made an improvement, you know. I mean, Ryan Reese has to get faster, and Mac has to start putting it together a little bit offensively. And uh, if they're not able to do that, they're going to be fringe players all the time. Which you know, it's going to be wrong with fringe players. No, but, but it's going to be rough for them because you've got a lot of a lot of kids coming up. So yeah. you know what? So it's great time of year. I'm very pumped. I feel bad that I'm going to. Put it all on hiatus, and I'm going to go see culture and get culturized by my woman. Um, but you know, for any of you people, you know, start to get into hockey a lot. I'm going to tell you the beginning of the season. You kiss the butt of your wife, girlfriend, whatever else, because then you start watching a lot of hockey. And when this team comes back to a playoff team, right before playoffs, you kiss some good butt because then it's playoff time. Just you know, a helpful fact in any of your relationships. And it doesn't have to be wife, partner, whatever, whatever you got going on. Yep. Okay, I'm I'm done. <laughs> We're good. All right. So once again, for those that have been listening or listening to this episode, if you could please like and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends. Tell, tell your neighbors. Yep. Open up the door. Shout it to your neighbors. Say, hockey princess, you gotta hear it. Okay. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, if you want to be on an episode of the Hockey Princess podcast, feel free to send us a message on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, or send us an email old school style at thehockeyprincess at gmail.com. I will be excitedly taking notes at practice for the next couple of days, and I will report to you guys next week. Thanks so much.